Amen. Well, good morning. Um, so there's someone here, or there's someone not here today, and that would be Pastor Mark, uh, my dad. And so uh, y'all be praying for him. Uh, he uh, is sick today. And um, not just any sick, but he has the not-so-novel-anymore coronavirus. And so uh, he tested positive. Um, and so uh, we are praying for him. And, uh, and so please be praying for him. And my mom, he's going to be hanging out in isolation for a little while. And uh, he doesn't do too good um, in that. He likes to be around people. So extra prayers there. Um, so uh, let's, let's go ahead and dive in. I want to talk to you today. And it's fitting with how our service has gone today. Uh, we're going to be talking today and, and the rest of this month about prayer. And we're going to be starting our year off with prayer. And um, so over the next few weeks, we're going to be teaching on prayer and uh, looking at it from different angles. Um, but what a posture of prayer we're already in right now to begin teaching today. I mean, what we just prayed and, and, and just coming forward and just the action steps that we took already to this point just embodies what I want to try to communicate to us today. Let's read 2 Kings 19, 14 through 19. Hezekiah took the letter from the messenger's hands, read it, then went up to the Lord's temple and catch this, says, and spread it out before the Lord. Verse 15, then Hezekiah prayed before the Lord, Lord God of Israel, enthroned between the cherubim, you are God, you alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth. You made the heavens and the earth. Listen closely, Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, Lord, and see. Hear the words that the sin of cherub has sent to mock the living God. Lord, it is true that the kings of Assyria have devastated the nations in their lands. They have thrown their gods into the fire, for they were not gods but made by human hands, wood and stone. So they have destroyed them. Now, Lord our God, please save us from his power so that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you, Lord, are God, you alone. Psalm 46, 10 and 11 says, Be still. Know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. The Lord of the hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Philippians 4, chapter, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 to 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Leonard Ravenhill said this about prayer. People often ask, why do you insist on prayer so much? The answer is very simple, because Jesus did. You could change the title of the gospel according to St. Luke to the gospel of prayer. It's the prayer life of Jesus. The other evangelists say that Jesus was in the Jordan and the Spirit descended on him as a dove. Luke says it was while he was praying that the Spirit descended on him. The other evangelists say that Jesus chose 12 disciples. Luke says it was after he spent a night in prayer that he chose 12 disciples. The other evangelists say that Jesus died on a cross. Luke says that even when he was dying, Jesus was praying for those who persecuted him. 
The other evangelists say Jesus went on a mount and he was transfigured. Luke says it was while he was praying that he was transfigured. There's nothing more transfiguring than prayer. Ravenhill goes on to say, the scriptures say that the disciples went to bed, but Jesus went to pray as was his custom. His custom to pray. Now Jesus was the son of God. He was definitely anointed for his ministry. If Jesus needed all that time in prayer, don't you and I need time in prayer? If Jesus needed it in every crisis, don't you and I need it in every crisis? Out of all the things that the disciples asked Jesus that we have recorded in Scripture to teach them about, we read in Luke 11, verse 1, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Just as John taught his disciples, Lord, teach us to pray. Prayer is a massive topic, a large umbrella containing all sorts of practices. Just the word prayer can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people. There's a lot of methods and meaning contained within prayer. I also would say that prayer is profoundly simple. It is, at least it should be, relational, conversational, and natural. Prayer at times can be so ubiquitous and talked about that it sort of loses its meaning a little bit. It can get relegated to just our time right before a meal where we say grace. If asked, do you pray, many would say, of course, of course I pray. In fact, uh, research shows that many people who do not even believe in a higher power would admit to praying. We see prayer as this very natural human response to what's happening in our lives and, and all around us and even in our world. But do you feel like your life in prayer is as vibrant as it could be, strong as it could be? And this is not meant to ask in some sort of shame-filled way. This is you maybe see where there's opportunity to grow in prayer. Just as we read that the importance of prayer to Jesus, that it was his custom to pray before everything and in anything he spent time with the Father in prayer, could we recognize our need for prayer? And not just to check a box, but to come alive and to live and to find meaning and to find value within prayer. And not just prayer in some sort of, you know, uh, I'm just sort of throwing out words into the universe, but prayer as a dialogue and as a relationship with a living God who desires to commune with us. So however you feel towards prayer, your experience, your knowledge, like how good you feel like you are at prayer, I urge you to consider making prayer the most important part of this new year. And, and it may feel a bit simplistic, right? To, to ask you to pray. It's like, well, of course, pray, right? I'm a Christian, so what I do, I pray. But I, I'm, I'm just trying to really make it a point to say, let's pray and find meaning with God through prayer this year. I've reached a point in my life where I find prayer more necessary than ever before 
uh, I think I've never battled anxiousness so much in my whole life than this year. Well, this past year, calendar year. But more than just for me, I feel that God is inviting people to find him in the place of prayer. And I truly believe that individually and corporately, this is a year where prayer is vital. And there's an opportunity before us to really dig deep into prayer. And not just allow it to be something that is just sort of, you know, oh, of course, I say my prayers. You know, I pray before my meal. I, you know, I, I, but really dive in and grow our prayer life and find meaning in it. And, and as I talk today, just briefly, I'm, I don't really, I'm not going to be diving in necessarily into intercession or confession within prayer. Um, the prayer I want to lay before us today is an abiding prayer. It's communion with God. It's finding meaning with God. It's, it's being still and knowing that he is God. And so as we look forward to a new calendar year and reflect on a previous one, how are you handling the weight of your life? Or is it handling you? Are you able to cope with the circumstances and the challenges that are in your life right now? As you may be experiencing challenge and loss and difficulty and doubt, you may ask yourself this question, where is God in all of this? Where is he at? Have you found yourself saying, what's the point of prayer? Is God even listening? In Tyler Staten's book on prayer, he says, prayer invites you to learn to listen to God before speaking. To ask like a child in your old age. To undress yourself in vulnerable confession and to be completely loved. Completely and totally loved in spite of everything. And yet most people... Even most Bible-believing Christians find little life in prayer. Prayer is boring or obligatory or confusing or most often all of the above. And so could we just be honest for a moment about prayer today and not have to pretend like we are just super saints today? Um, could we just be honest that maybe you find prayer to be confusing sometimes? Maybe you have doubts that you bring into prayer. Man, is God really hearing me? Is he really listening to me? Maybe you feel like, gosh, I don't know how to use the right words. Like if I use the wrong words, like is God going to like count out my prayer, right? Like all of these different things that maybe we sort of get, can we just be honest about them so that we can really take steps and grow in prayer and in relationship with God today, I want us to reclaim a posture of prayer that God intends for us, meeting with God. So why don't we pray, right? Why don't we pray, just in general, right? Here's some things that, that come to mind for me. For some, we doubt our ability, right? We maybe say, I don't pray so good. I've heard that before. I don't, I don't really pray so good. Hey, do you want to pray? I don't really pray so good. You should pray, right? Um, being a pastor, I'm the de facto prayer, Right? At things, you know, people. Oh, we'll get, we'll get, you know, Pastor Mark to pray. Will you pray? Will you pray for us? You know, and I'm like, sure. I'm, I'm happy to talk to the God of the universe on behalf of all of us. I'd be glad to do that. You know, um, but I don't have any like special like you know uh, badge that like gets my prayers quicker anywhere or more heard or more effective because I'm a pastor. We all stand on on uh, equal ground in front of the cross, and so. Many of us, we don't 
we feel like we don't pray so good. We feel like uh, we don't know how or we're not good enough, right? I, I'm not a pastor, right? So my prayers are not, you know, as fancy or I don't know how to use all that great, you know, uh, Christian wording and everything. And so here's the deal. Listen, my job is not a spiritual mediator, right? Uh, my job, I'm not trying to stand between you and God and like just kind of do like relay a little bit. Like, oh, yeah, what do you want me to tell? Okay, yeah, all right. Hey, so God, here's what they're really, I, I of course want to pray on your behalf, but my job is not to stand in between you and God. My job is to make sure nothing stands in between you and God. Amen? So, 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 so keep, keep that in mind that, that listen, there, there is nothing that stands between you and God. Direct connection with God is what is intended. And through faith in Jesus, his grace, the Holy Spirit working in us, we have access to a living God. And it's incredible. And the last thing I would want is for this prayer life and for connection with God to just be something that somebody who is a full-time vocational minister does and gets to do. I invite all of us to pray, to pray. And so your ability in prayer doesn't limit God. Prayer isn't graded on a rubric, okay? Um, uh, we can feel like if we don't say the right mixture of words, our prayers aren't heard. Like God's going to rule them out on a technicality, right? Like, oh, I was going to answer that prayer, but you didn't quite word everything the way I wanted it worded. You didn't use good enough language, right? Like you didn't say it in just the right, with the right amount of passion, right? Um, you know, you didn't say it loud enough. You know, you said it too loud. Uh, we can maybe feel like we're, we're just kind of way too self-aware with our praying. It makes us anxious a little bit. And that's why sometimes we don't want to pray out loud, right? It's like, I don't want, to, I don't want other people to hear me pray, you know? Like that's, feel, I'm, I'm a little bit, I don't, I don't feel confident in that. And so... Here's the deal. Prayer is not transactional. It's relational. Okay? And so, so I'm, not, I'm not making a transaction with God. I'm building relationship with him. It, it's just like, you know, um, me and my wife or me and any of my friends, it, it, it's not transactional relationships. Okay? The, these, these are deeply intimate relationships that I'm growing in. And, and I don't always say things right. I don't always do things well. I, I'm learning. I'm growing to be a better friend, to be a better husband, to be a better dad. Right? So I'm going to grow in prayer. And, yeah, I will learn things over time. But I'm not going to just kind of like count myself out of praying just because I have this perceived lack of inability to pray. I'm going to jump in. Right? We're going to jump in and pray. We pray. Listen, we pray by grace. It's through God's grace. We're saved by grace. We live by grace. We pray by grace. It's the grace of God working in our lives. And so another obstacle that we face is doubt. God isn't listening. God doesn't care. He won't do anything. There is within prayer a mystery to it. There's a mystery to prayer. Everyone isn't always healed that we pray for. We don't always get the response that we want from God. Our circumstance doesn't always change in the way that we want it to. And it leaves us asking why. Why not this time? Why not in this situation? And when this happens, my exhortation to you is this. Please don't give up. Press in and keep praying. And if it's a broken prayer, you let it be known to God. And if it's a prayer that doesn't feel like you've, you know, 
got it all together, let it be known to God. Pete Gregg, whose wife has had chronic illness for 21 years, encourages folks to, instead of asking why, ask God, where are you in this situation? See, when, 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 the, when the prayers that we pray don't always go the way we desire, we sort of ask God, why, 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 why? And I want to encourage you to ask where, where, where? God, where are you? I, I, I don't understand why, but God... Where are you in this situation? God has promised to never leave us nor forsake us. So, God, where are you in this situation? I can't find answers to why this suffering has happened. But if I can know you're with me, I can have peace. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, right? For thou art with me. So prayer helps us find Jesus within our situation, within our circumstance, within our hurt, within our pain, within our frustration. So that brings me to another obstacle, and this will sound silly, but prayer um, can be stale or it can, we can have obstacles to prayer uh, because, and just bear with me, sometimes we are too Christian in our prayer. <laughs> what I mean by that is we're not human enough. We, we, and here, here's what I mean. We, we pray, our, our prayer can become too far from, removed from our real experiences because we sort of present our idealized self, right? Like, like we're, we, we use, we, we put on like this very, like, I'm like a super Christian. I'm like super saint. Um, and so I have to pretend like nothing is wrong and, and everything is, is okay and I'm blessed and highly favored and I'm, I'm too anointed to be disappointed and too blessed to be stressed, right? And so, and that's fine. Like you, can't, you, you can be too blessed to be stressed and too anointed to be disappointed, but can you be honest about the times where you are a little bit disappointed? Can you be honest about the times where you are a little bit stressed? I can both receive God's blessing and his anointing in my life and acknowledge that there's some times where I'm pretty stressed out. And there's some times where I'm real disappointed in what's going on in my life. And can I be human enough to just to tell God about it? I mean, especially as a pastor, right? Like, I can't struggle, you know. I can't struggle in front of these people, right. I've got to look good, look the part, you know. I'm learning that studying the life of Jesus, you see a man who was honest with God every step of the way with his father. He wasn't putting on a face. He wasn't putting on a show. He was real. He was relational. And so can you bring your whole self into prayer? Or do you feel like you have to be all churchy and nice and pious? Talk to God. He knows what's up. Be you. The real you in your times of prayer. Stop hiding behind all the fancy church words that we like to throw around. And that's fine if you want to use them. I'm, I'm not trying to tell you necessarily what words to pray. But whatever words you pray, let a genuine heart be behind them. And so Jesus, we read in Hebrews 5 that he offered up prayers with loud cries and tears. 
We read in the Garden of Gethsemane that before his death, Jesus sweats blood with anxiousness and fear, and he asks God honestly to take this cup, to take this responsibility from him. We see David at every turn just like, you know, (laughs) on the verge of breaking down and just being honest about God. Like, God, this is how I'm feeling. I'm downcast, oh, my soul, right? Um, my enemies like have surrounded me. And so he's, he's just being honest about where he's at and, and, uh, and, and what he wants. There's, there's times where David's praying, you know, God, uh, could you just bash their skulls against the rocks? You know what I mean? Like the, their enemies, like this is all I want right now. Can you just do that for me? And then there's these other times where he's like, one thing have I desired and that one thing I seek that I may behold the beauty of the Lord. It's like, okay, cool. So now you, so, so this time this is the one thing you wanted. But just earlier, the one thing you wanted was your enemy's skull to be bashed across the rock, right? And so can you see just, we have a, we have a spectrum of um, human experience. And, and I believe that we need to bring it all before God and recognize that God will meet us at, in, in every step of the way, in every place. God desires to meet us there in the place of prayer. And so I don't know about you, but I've reached a place in my life where I'm in desperate need of a defiant peace of God that, that is just defiant against my circumstances and against the enemy of my soul, a peace of God that is sustaining and that comes through prayerful presence with God. I can be an anxious wreck if I allow myself, and I must sit and posture myself before a God who loves me. And that brings me to this final hindrance to prayer that I want to discuss. And it's kind of two things. It's anxious busyness and apathetic numbness. Anxious busyness, apathetic numbness. We're often overworked or overworried to the point where there is no space for prayer in our our perpetual state of going, going, and going and doing, doing, and doing, and not necessarily always productive, just active, running in circles, running in circles, on a treadmill, a whole lot of effort, no progress. Our brains are on overdrive, we're scrolling our cell phones, we're consuming information, we're reading bad news, we're worried about everything, we're overanalyzing all the details, we're afraid of the future, we're regretful over the past, we're anxious in the present, and this cycle just repeats and repeats, and we make poor decisions, and then we're ashamed or angry with ourselves over those decisions, and on and on and on, until we hit a wall, and we crash. Not to rest, but to escape. Apathy begins to set in. We shut it all down. We stop caring. We numb ourselves to the things happening. It's like when your computer is doing the spinny wheel thing, right? Uh, and won't work because you're probably trying to do too many things at once and a program crashes. And so instead of just letting the computer catch up and stopping that one program causing the problem, you just like pull the plug, right? Anybody ever done that? You know what I mean? It's just like, well, I'm just going to turn it off. Just pull it all down, just shutting it down, right? That's what happens for us. We, we, we get so overworked, so overworried, so busy, so go, 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 go. We don't slow down and we get to this place where we just have to unplug. And we're not finding true rest. We're not entering into Sabbath. We're escaping, we're unplugging, we're trying to turn off and we're trying to shut down. And so we numb ourselves to the things happening. And it's in this space 
that our will to keep going begins to die. We lose hope. We check out. We scroll our phones. We watch our favorite TV show. And if I feel nothing, then nothing can make me feel anxious. It's just autopilot in the worst way. And so we can oscillate between anxiousness and apathy, back and forth, back and forth, and prayer becomes lost in this unhealthy cycle. Hope fades, shame grows as we feel convicted over our lack of prayer. And I may be alone in declaring this, and I told y'all earlier that I've got no fear in, in hiding who I am just because I'm a pastor, but in hopes that someone else will feel seen and understood, what I just described has at times been my honest experience in life. Rushing, busy, worried, hurried, overdri overdrive all the time, analyzing, regret. Oh my gosh, this is too much. Just got to shut it down. <laughs> Pull the plug. Checked out. Man, I should really be pursuing God in this. I should really be giving this to God. Shame. Voice of the accuser. Enemy's voice. Bringing shame and guilt. I can easily put my focus on the waves and take my eyes off the one who invites me to walk on the water. Who loves me and who holds me. And this morning, and even our response time out of worship today already, was an action step. And we have an opportunity today to get off of this anxiousness, apathy cycle. We have an opportunity to step into prayer with God by his grace. And we have to do that by knowing that he loves us and that he cares about us. And that there is a peace found within communion with God that nothing in this world can, can provide for us. And we, and we find that in the space of prayer. Psalm 46, 10 through 11. Be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. And so whether you relate with me or not in what I just shared, a component of prayer we should all work for is to be still. Is to be still before God. Prayer begins with being still. In the Latin, it's the word vacate, where we get the word vacation. So to pray is to take a vacation. It's to vacate your role of control in your life. To release control and to be still. These things that you're worried and that you're hurried about, can you release control to God in the space of prayer, being still before him? David practiced stillness in the midst of enemies trying to take him over. He found this secret to combat the fears he felt. It was stillness before God. Our obstacles should not prevent us from the same stillness. Stillness in prayer is not about trying to change what's happening, more about trying to surrender to God. And so we can get this, to this place where we're in dire straits, we're in crisis, and we're just needing God to change, change. Can you just change the situation, change the circumstance for me? And so we must recognize that prayer begins, this stillness begins, not with trying to change what's happening, but trying to surrender to God. I start and I approach God, I start with prayer in just surrendering to God and to who he is, right? And so um, Tyler Satan says, prayer doesn't begin with outcomes, prayer is the free choice to be with the Father to prefer his company. 
And so if I'm in the fire, I'm on my knees in prayer knowing that there's another one in the fire with me. I'm not alone in the fire. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we're not alone in the fire. God is with me. He hasn't left me. He hasn't forsaken me. And I need to be still for a moment and allow God to remind me that he's with me. One of my favorite worship songs that we sing goes, take a moment to remember who God is and who I am. There you go, lifting my load again. If I had to describe the type of prayer I want to invite us to, it's those steps. Take a moment. Take a moment. Create space for God. Find the time. Set the location. Silence the noise. Put your phone on do not disturb. It's a great feature, right? Just go ahead and just, like I've got mine, I put on do not disturb. The only phone calls that will come through to me are my family, right? And so that's the only thing getting through, that's the only thing, uh, relationship that's intimate with me enough to be able to, uh, to rob me of any sort of time uh, with God or that of, of, of being interrupted. And so we need to take a moment. We need to create space, right? Um, there's not a do not disturb button for our children, um, uh, but um, that's okay because they're a joy. <laughs> But we can turn off the TV, we can silence our phones, and we can find that time to take a moment with God. We, we can find time, we can take a moment. When you, when, you've, when, you've, when you find yourself in that place of anxiousness, of doubt, of worry, of fear, take a moment. Take a moment. Plan to take a moment. Like have a set rhythm of, of, man, I know that this is the time of the day where I can take a moment each time, right? This is the time where, where um, you know, uh, my, my kids are asleep, right? Like the, the chores are done, like, like everything's sort of laid out for the next day. And I can take a moment, I can be still with God. And I can just commune with him in this moment, right? Maybe it's in the morning before every, everyone gets up, before everything gets going, I'm going to be still before God. I'm going to take a moment. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a moment and I'm going to remember who God is. So when you pray, do you trust who God is, that he is love? We may understand that conceptually, but do we trust in our heart, in our soul, that the God of the heavens and the whole universe is loving and he is kind? That's who he is. And when you pray to God, is he those things or is he distant? Is he unconcerned? Is he cold? Being still before God is taking a moment to remind yourself that God is love. He always has been and he always will be. Jesus invites us to see God as father. And so I'm trying to instill a trust in my daughter of my love for her, right? And so I've taught her a little back and forth saying that we say back and forth. And so I'll say to her, you're my girl. And then she'll say, my whole world. And then I'll say, I love you. And I'm trying to get her to say, I love you back. But she usually just say, my whole world. And she just, my whole world. And it's just like, from that point on, it's just my whole world. And so we just, every day, I mean, all throughout the day, you're my girl, my whole world. I love you, my whole world. I love you. And they say, I love you. And I'll say, my whole world. And we'll just kind of trail off from there. 
But we just do it. I mean, just on repeat, just all the time. We're just, we're just, and this practice, this rhythm that we have, this repetition, I'm hoping, forms in her a trust that her dad loves her and that she is my girl. She's my whole world. And if there's a time that she's unsure, I hope that she calls this to remembrance, her dad's words. And it's in prayer, through the rhythm of prayer, through being still before God, where we remind ourselves of his love for us. So if there's ever a moment where the enemy, where the serpent, just like with Eve, tries to say, man, can God really do that? Can God really help you? When that distrust in God's nature begins to set in, we can call to remembrance. Take a moment and say, no, I remember who my God is. He's a God of love. And he cares about me. And he's with me. And he's not left me nor forsaken me. He's an ever-present help in my time of need. He is God. And he loves me. I'm his whole world. (laughs) And so in stillness, we remember who God is, loving and kind. And then we remember who we are. We take a moment. We remember who God is. We remember who we are. Romans 8. Let's read verses 31 through 39. What then shall we say in response to these things if God is for us who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. For then, who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness nor danger or sword or anxiousness or a bad diagnosis or a, a, a toxic family member or, or, or a lie from your past or anything else? Who, what shall separate us As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Verse 37, no, in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is nothing that stands between us. There is nothing that can separate us from the love that is in Christ Jesus. And it is in the stillness that I take a moment and I remind myself who my God is and who I am in him. I bring myself to a place of silence and solitude and I say, world, I'll deal with you in a moment. I need to remind myself who my God is because I'm worried and I'm afraid and I don't know what's gonna happen and I can't figure it out. But I trust that you are God and you are with me. And I trust that I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. And I trust that the Jesus who died and was raised to life loves me deeply. And that there's nothing that can stand between me and his love. Because I am in Christ Jesus. And I trust God. And I have faith. And I call this to remembrance. I may be dismayed. I may be downcast. I call this to remembrance. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. 
I have hope because he's my portion. And his faithfulness is great. And he is kind. And he is loving. And he is true. And he brings me peace. So Philippians 4, do not be anxious about anything, but in every, every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for you. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and just want to be tried and true. And with thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for you. That's what I want to be. I want to be a sanctuary of God's presence. Prayer is spending time in God's presence. It's being with him. It's, it's being in communion with God. And I need it every day, every day, every hour. I need it. I need it. I need prayer. I need time with God. I need his presence. And I may not have a, a whole lot of time with work and with kids and responsibilities, but I can take a moment. I can find time. I can remember who God is. I can remember who he has made me to be in him. And, and when those things are just really mounting up around me, I can do as Hezekiah did, as we read in 2 Kings, I'm going to go ahead and spread it out. I'm going to spread it out. I'm going to lay it out. I'm going to go ahead and spread it all out. God, here it is. Here it is, God. I'm spreading it out before you. Here's what's happening. I'm going to spread it out. Whatever it may be, the bill you're trying to pay, the circumstance you're trying to overcome, the question you're trying to answer, Spread it out before God. Say, here you go, God. I got some things I need help with. I spread it out before you. And I just trust, God, that you're going to help me. I have some things that, you need, that I need your help with. I'm going to trust that you're going to help me. And so can we all just start with where you are? Start with what you have. You, like I said, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to figure out where we're at. Like... Scale of 1 to 10, how good at praying you are. I'm telling you that wherever you are, with whatever you have, with whatever you've got, start. Pray. Take a moment. Remember who God is. Remember who you are. Just start praying. Pray with what you have. Pray with what you've got. Pray with where you are. Pray with what your circumstance is. Be human. Bring your whole self before God. Don't pretend. Be the real you. Talk to God about what's going on in your life. Find peace from God. More so, listen to God. Prayer doesn't begin with us, it begins with God. Philip Yancey says, prayer is the act of seeing reality from God's point of view. It's in stillness that we begin to see God and see what he's trying to do in our life. And so we've got 21 days of prayer coming up, prayer and fasting, uh, and that's going to start next Sunday. And here's just an opportunity. It's an opportunity before us, corporately as a church, to take time, to take several moments, 21 days worth of moments, to pray, to seek God. And so I, I hope that you can join us corporately during our prayer times. But even if you're unable by circumstance or schedule or whatever, 
this 21 days of prayer and fasting is something that you can participate in individually. Go ahead and set it. Say, this is going to be my time, this 21 days of prayer, that I'm going to take a moment and I'm going to pray. I'm going to be still before God. I'm going to seek God in prayer. Go ahead and decide now. We've got a whole week, all right? It's going to start next week. We're doing 21 days of prayer and, 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 and fasting, right? Go ahead and think this week, God, God, what do I need to remove from my life right now? What do I need to, to, to take a pause on, right? I mean, it's, it's likely something to do with a device somewhere. It's probably a screen somewhere that could, that could just use a little bit of a break. You know what I mean? Just let it, let it have 21 days just to kind of, man, been working hard, right? Especially coming out of this Christmas time, right? It's just like not a whole lot going on. Maybe a little more media consumption than we're used to, watching movies, whatever it is. And listen, I love movies. I love shows. I, I, I'm not anti-smartphone, you know, like I'm not any of those things, right? Like, but, but, but I'm, I'm, I'm anti-things getting in the way of me and, and God. And I, I've got to be that way. I'm anti-things standing in between me and peace with God, right? And so I have to take an honest assessment of like, ah, oh, I could probably... I could probably remove a little bit of this and make some space from God. And, and in doing so, I bet I'll grow a little bit and mature a little bit spiritually, right? And so that's what we're wanting to do. Just be honest. And, 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 and with, with, if, if you feel like prayer is something that you're just getting going in, that you're just starting, if you, don't, if you feel like you're kind of jumping in, here's the deal. Sometimes we can get so amped up. And it's like, all right, that's it. I'm about to pray. I'm about to spread it out, Right? I'm about to pray about, in every situation, I'm about to pray, right? Like, I've got it. Jesus prayed, I'm about to pray. Like, I'm ready, you know? Like, I came January 1st Sunday, Mark ended talking about praying. I'm ready to pray, right? I'm about to jump in. I'm going to do, you know, 24 hours of prayer, you know? I'm just going to jump right on in. I'm about to do 72-hour fast, no water, no nothing, right? And it's like, hey, time out. Let's take a break. Let's take a break real quick, okay? Listen, it, you, we're, not, we're not saying that you have to jump to these, like, great links. Start with you are. It, it's, listen. It's not about how much. Can you be consistent over time, right? Can you be consistent over time? Formation happens through repetition over time, okay? And so if I'm wanting to grow as a disciple of Jesus, I need to do something that is sustainable and repeatable over time, right? I've got to grow. And so I've got to figure out, okay, I can't start there, but where can I start? And can I do that? And can I get in a good rhythm of, of this kind of prayer time? And then, okay, all right, I've got that down. All right, let me go ahead and level up a little bit. Let me go ahead and level up a little bit. Start with where you are pray to God. Let's seek him this year with everything that we have. Let's trust him with all that we are in the place of prayer. And so if you would like some prayer encouragements throughout this 21 days of prayer, uh, you can text the word. Here's some um, authorized phone usage right now, um, ordained texting in church time. Um, Pray first to 94,000. If you'll text that word, just all one word, pray first to 94,000. Just pull out your phone, compose a new message, 94,000. We'll leave it up on the screen. That's the number you want to text it to. Enter at 94,000 and then just say pray first. We'll send you some encouragements. We'll send you some tips over this 21 days of prayer, some reminders to help make your prayer time, uh, you know, more. And hopefully encourage it and, uh, and grow it. Well, can we stand this morning? And so we're going to close out the service today. And as we do, let's just go ahead and practice.
what we want to step into. Some stillness before God. And we're not going to make this long and drawn out, but can you just take a moment right now? Remember, remind, call to remembrance who this God is that we serve. He's a God of love. Just in your hearts right now, just take a moment. Remember who you are in Christ. You're more than a conqueror. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. In this time of prayer, it's an act of love. It's in this place of stillness that we find God. Sometimes we have to lean in to hear the tender whispers. We got to turn down the volume. And those things in your mind that are just racing, that you got to figure out, just let them quiet. Jesus, we thank you for your goodness towards us. We love you. Thank you for meeting us here. And now just whatever you need to spread out before God, we just go ahead right now. Hold it in your hands. You can just sort of close up your fists as if you're holding it, holding the challenge, holding the circumstance, holding the pain, holding the hurt that you have, holding the question that you have, holding the the anxiousness that you're feeling, whatever it is, just go and hold it right now. Hold it. Hold it right there. And as you've got it right there, you've got that thing, you've got it in your hands, what we want to do right now is we're just going to go ahead and this, and this prayer, remember we said prayer is surrender. And just open your hands and just release control. It's just a physical way of saying, God, I, I release it to you. I give it to you now. And I trust you. That you're good, that you're kind, that you're with me, and that you'll help me. Now let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, God, we love you. And we are so thankful for this day that you have made. Thankful for the worship. Thankful for the corporate prayer. God, thankful just to study your word. But God, we are thankful that you are with us. And so God, I pray right now for everyone here, that nothing would stand in between them and you, God. That we would remove everything getting in the way. And God, I pray blessing over these people here. God, I pray your kindness, your love, your peace be made known to them. God, we love you and we thank you for all that you're doing in our lives. We celebrate you, Jesus. And with thanksgiving, we offer up our prayers to you today, God. And we worship you, Jesus. Thank you, Father.
And if you open up your hands to receive, I pray that the Lord bless you and keep you. I pray that the Lord cause his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. And I pray that the Lord lift up the light of his countenance on you and give you his peace in every situation and every circumstance. And as you abide in prayer and in stillness with him, I pray that that peace grows in your heart and you're affirmed in him. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. And everybody said, thank you, Jesus. Amen. God bless you all. Remember, pray first to 94,000. We love you. Have an incredible first day of the new year.